Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 173 of the Speaking Club podcast. I saw my friend the other day and she was cutting out attractive words from magazines because she wants to change her identity via Depot. I suppose that's one way to make a name for yourself. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey there, how are you? Welcome back to part two of the talk that I did to help shift a group of entrepreneurs and business owners from awkward to awesome. So, in the last episode, I was sharing what underpins most of the issues that these guys were struggling with, that were either stopping them from fulfilling their potential as a speaker or from getting out there in the first place. I also showed them what steps they needed to take to become the kind of speaker that they told me they wanted to be. One that was confident, relaxed, natural, interesting, entertaining and with charisma. So that they could fully leverage the power of speaking as a powerful marketing tool to grow their business. And in this part of the talk, part two, I'm giving them some practical tools to help them get started on those steps. Now, as I shared in part one, using stories is one of the key ingredients to increasing the impact of your speaking and motivating your audience to take action. Yet, so many people struggle to find stories and share them in a way that connects to their audience and inspires them. If storytelling is something you struggle with too, or finding your stories, and you'd like to work on this with me, then do join my next Snackable Story Challenge. Many people from around the world have already taken part and the feedback and personal growth and business growth has been amazing. To find out more about it and grab your spot, head over to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge. Okay, let's switch over to part two. Oh, and you might want to grab something to make notes on. The first thing I want to take you through, um, and this is all around the intention and preparation, is what I call my speak framework. So, and this goes for you putting your talk together. So the speak framework, the S stands for strategy. So it's really important, like I said to you about Stephen Covey, you've got to be thinking, what do I want to get out of this thing? So when I'm talking to you guys today, what do I want to get out of it? I mean, I, I'm doing it because Catherine asked me and she came to talk to my group. But I want you to take away the fact that you can be yourself, you can be authentic and you can still be a great speaker. You know, and hopefully some of you will want to come and, you know, listen to my podcast or whatever. So my strategies get you inspired to be speaking more and use speaking as a marketing tool for your business that's my strategy so the next thing you need to be thinking about is the problem so this is your starting point um, and in order to make your audience buy in you've really got to be thinking about what is the problem that they have you know i could go deeper into this there's a lot more on this and, you, and catherine may have covered it with you on other stuff but what's the pain that's underlying that problem 
yeah so if i if i said to you i can't get customers that's my problem the pain that's underneath that is if i don't get customers i might lose my business i might have to go and get a job and that might mean that i spend less time with my family and so on so the pain is what you know the problem is the surface level thing the pain is underneath so when we're thinking about the talk we need to be thinking about the problem and the pain and also the desires now Catherine asked you your fears I know what your fears were I know what your problems were and I know what your desires are because you answered that question which is brilliant so I thought about that putting this together so that's the thing you need to be thinking about then you need to be thinking about the end point so what would success look like at the end of the, the, the talk or the live or the webinar or the podcast or whatever it is you're doing what would success look like what do you want the audience to think feel say or do at the end of your talk all right that's the next thing and then you've really got to think about your audience every audience is different but if you're talking to your audience there may be some universal things that apply to them but one of the keys to a successful presentation um, is thinking about that particular audience that you've got. There may be things that are gonna particularly resonate with them that you might wanna bring up. There might be some myths that they might have, things, you know, assumptions that they might be making. Um, there might be some things you don't wanna talk to them about. You know, for instance, if I was doing a corporate talk, um, something really bad might have happened in the organization. And if I bring it up, it would be like, tumbleweed it might embarrass the people or whatever or they might have had some big success that it would be good for me to bring up because that you know that will help me um, build rapport with the audience so thinking about the specific audience you're talking to is also important because it might make you tweak your talk to make it more relatable and specific to them and then at the end of this speak process what you should end up with you should have your strategy the problem where you want them to be um anything specific to the audience and at the end of it i i always try and get people to come up with a, a what i call the kernel message so what is the the sort of thing that you are trying to get across the one thing um the, the, this is their problem this is my solution this is what i want them to go away with okay so it's just like a one sentence sort of summary of all of this and that sort of forms the core of your talk that you build your talk around because once you've done that you can say is this relevant to this talk or is it not because we don't want fluff right the other thing we don't want in the talk is a load of guff about you no offense because like i didn't spend ages telling you how many books i'd written or my awards you aren't interested in me you're interested in a result you're interested in you care about yourself you know we're all in it for ourselves so i see a big mistake people make is they'll stand up one guy did it for he only had a 20 minute talk he spent 10 minutes telling the audience how fantastic he was what awards he'd got i'm like this is cringe you know best will in the world you've got to make them care who you are before you tell them who you are all right so people don't really care about you until you give them a reason to so you need to earn it so you know even when you're pitching you know when you're doing a pitch at a networking i always teach people don't start your pitch with hi i'm sarah i help people blah blah because like a because it's boring uh, everyone says it so i would just switch off straight away um 
you've got to hook people in first. So my hook was about Warren Buffett and 50%. My other hook, I had two hooks, what I call lightning bolts at the start of this talk. The other one is that I can't stop you being judged. I want you to pay attention. So if you can earn 50% more by speaking, you might pay, you might lean forward a bit. Um, it, you know, if, if you're, you know, and in the fear of being judged thing, I'm calling that out because that's probably what's bothering the lot of you. You know, if you're not speaking, or even if you are speaking, you're probably not playing full out. You're probably not telling stories. So I want to call those things out. So bear that in mind, no fluff. If people can look it up on the internet, don't bother saying it, right? What you're there for is insight, opinion, stories, thoughts, okay? And that's what people will take away. So that's the first thing. And there's questions at the end, but if you've got a question, just stop me, all right? Um, the next thing that I want to tell you about is stories. Now, why do I care so much about stories? Why do I think they're so important for you to use? Partly because, as we illustrated, when you're telling stories, you know, most of the time when I teach people to use stories, I teach people to use stories from their life so that it's their lived experience. You don't have to be JK Rowling, Shakespeare or Charles Dickens, right? Because you've got stories in your life that you can use to create teaching points and takeaways for your audience, right? And, and you might think, no one's interested in my life. Well, that's not true, because otherwise reality TV wouldn't be so popular for a start. You know, we all care about it, and because we all tend to have the same sorts of problems. So the other things, the other reason stories are so important is because we're conditioned, and we have been for centuries, to lean in. You know, when our mums tell us stories, um, yeah, so we're automatically conditioned to sort of sit up and pay attention when someone starts a story. The other reason stories are so powerful is because they have two things which are, are sort of the two ingredients of attention, if you like. So they have desire. You want to find out what's happening in the story and they have tension. Um, and so curiosity um, and, and all of this stuff is, is built into a story. So there's ingredients in stories that make people not only lean in, but, you know, pay attention throughout. They want to find out what happens next, you know, and uh, you in, in a story, you can also, if you're doing a longer talk, you can create little cliffhangers and then go and do a teaching point and then come back to the story. So you're really tapping into that curiosity that keeps people coming back. Um, that's what they do at the end of, you know, before you go for a break on a soap, there'll be what? A cliffhanger yeah um, so it, it's used all the time um, to do that so stories are really important for that the other thing the reason why stories are so critical uh, especially when you're doing like a webinar or something like that's what I call a big idea story is because you can't get people to buy into your stuff at the logical level you've got to get them to buy in at the emotional level first. What stories enable us to do is to recreate the experience for our audience that gets them to have that epiphany, to have that emotional buy-in. That's why films, you know when you go to the cinema or you watch a film or you read a great book and you really identify with the hero of the story, we, we are we're sort of vicariously living through that hero. 
And if you do your talk and origin stories are brilliant for this, you've probably heard of your origin stories. That's the story of why you do what you do. Um, and if you can craft that in the right way, that's your big, big asset that you can use. Now, Catherine's got great stories, um, you know, from her life and stuff that she uses on the website and so on. I'm sure you're all aware of this, um, but you can use them in a, in a shorter version too. So we're conditioned to listen. We, uh, they got this curiosity and uh, desire and everything in built in, and they're the way to get our audience to have the emotional buy-in. That is why stories are so, so important. Um, and you can have a whole talk. You know, one of the things that I teach is a, a blueprint where you have a big story, then little stories to overcome objections and, and so on. So you can have a whole talk made up of little stories, which also helps you remember it, especially if they're your, your own stories. So, um, so that's about stories. And the beautiful thing about this, and I don't know if you if you know this. So, what's what's one of your favourite movie? Has anyone got a favourite movie they're prepared to share? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Is that you, Catherine? Who said that? Yeah, Catherine. Yeah. So, um, what what is the thing that you took away from Mary Poppins? Um, she was just lovely, wasn't she? She was just it was idyllic. It, uh -huh. it felt it was just it just felt great. It was lots of fun being a kid and having her looking after you. Okay, and was there a sort of lesson that you took away? Sort of like, oh, I watched that film and, and this is what I took away from it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can think of. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. There you go. There you go. A spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down. So, um, you know, if, if you, that's, a, that's another way of saying a sandwich, as we used to say in the corporate world. Um, but uh, basically... But there was lots of other things in that film, potentially, that you could have taken away. So the importance of family, the importance of discipline, all there's loads of stuff. And so your little stories can have multiple angles, which also means that you don't have to keep creating content. You can repurpose these things. And as you know, with the social media algorithms, you think people are seeing things loads, they're not. So you could put a different, you know, if you could do a video with a different problem and take away for the same story, or use it as a post with a different uh, graphic, um, or email, whatever. So you can keep repurposing these stories because they've got multiple angles. So another little tip is keep a note of your stories um, and also you know, what might apply to them? Could it be about confidence? Could it be about systems? Could it be about um, efficiency? If you're talking to your, if, if most of you guys are VAs, um, if your clients are overwhelmed and stressed and unable to spend time with their family, you know, have you got stories around that where you sometimes didn't, you know, you didn't have the chance um, and how you can help people do that. So all sorts of different ways you can use this, either in a talk a bigger talk to deal with objections that might come up that you want to proactively dismantle or um, for, for lives or posts or emails. Okay, so I hope that's been helpful. Now, I know, the one, one final thing that I want to say, I know a lot of you had uh, a thing about ums and arms and ours and filler words when you speak, okay? So there's two things that I want to say on that. First of all, I hate any organization or speaking coach that wants to make you lose your personality when you're speaking because you're not a robot. You know, unless it becomes a distraction, 
I don't want you to get caught up with ums and ahs and filler works. I had a client I was working with once after she went to Toastmasters. Next time she was on stage, she was counting while she was on stage the number of ums and ahs she was saying. How is she then going to be connected to her audience? How is she then going to be present when she's speaking? So unless it's a complete distraction, I want you to let go of that because it's more important that you get your message across, your stories, that you're authentic, that you show your personality and you, deli- you, know, you get your message out there. I did this in advance of, because, you know, I, this came up such a lot. I did a whole podcast episode on ums and ahs and filler words. So you can go and listen to that separately. There are ways to get rid of them if they become distracting. Mm. But my advice would be don't worry about that. Focus more on getting the prep, getting your story together, having a bit of structure, and then getting out there and playing full out and not letting other people's baggage stand in the way of you achieving your goals and dreams for your business and also helping other people making a positive difference in other people's lives so that's what i want to leave you with all right there you are so questions for you are you being intentional with your speaking are you developing the skills and putting the prep and practice in to make sure your talks deliver results as i always say Listening to this podcast is great. It's a step in the right direction, but it's pointless if you're not putting what you get from it into action. I'm committed to getting you results, but just like a trainer at the gym, I can't do your exercises for you. You have to do the work. That's why my challenge, my speaking club live coaching group and my courses are all about applying the learning and taking action with coaching support and accountability so that you grow and your business does too. If you think you'd benefit from some extra support, do come and check out the different ways you can work with me over at storyledmarketing.com. Well, that's it from me. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the show and get value from it, please take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review if you haven't already done so at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Stay safe and don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking with your speaking. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.